So thank you, Johnny, yeah. for adjusting. As we make adjustments, Nigel cannot appear on the show. Okay. And he, he felt so bad about it that I almost, I, I almost laughed when I, when I looked at first his text and then he called. So he did both. The text, he just, Mike, here's my schedule. And he showed me each slot that he has a meeting today and tomorrow because I, you know the, in the original back and forth can you do it tomorrow maybe tomorrow uh, he sent me his schedule and it's ridiculous the me- number of meetings that he has he didn't explain exactly who the meetings were with or what for necessarily yeah but he's calling the game on the Pac-12 networks with Rich Burke on Saturday and he sent me a schedule almost as if I was. Now, why is it that you dropped us at the last second, Nigel? You have no right to do that. <laughs> he certainly does. I We appreciate anybody who takes time for these shows. And a lot of these folks are indeed very busy and taking time. And when they do jump on these shows, such as Petros, who we hope to have next week in anticipation of the USC game, we appreciate it. And so... But it almost smacked of Nigel saying, look, look, this is why I had to do it. Look at this. Look at my book. Look at my schedule. Okay. So we hope to get Nigel on. I was hoping really to get him on today as a follow-up to the conversations yesterday, and in particular with June Jones. I was fascinated by that conversation. It was good. Didn't realize until I kind of dived into preparing to talk to June about the breadth of things there are to talk about with him. He, he actually, June Jones, I think, is one of the most well-connected guys in, in pro and college football that I know of because he's had so much experience at both levels and working with guys. Every time we would bring something up, well, oh, yeah, Art Bryles, you know, <laughs> called me up. Or, or the, the old coordinator for, who was it? The Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and making you, wow, okay, another connection, yeah. another story. And he's been at it for a long time, but I, you know, I, I just feel so old because I remember watching him play. I remember watching him play, and then reading stories about uh, Neil, then following him at Portland State, and mm-hmm. and and June going on into the coaching world, and and uh, here we are, all these years later. You almost take for granted, in a sense, yeah. a person said, "Oh yeah, June Jones." Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, June Jones, Portland State, uh, run and shoot, Mouse Davis, Hawaii. Well, uh, let's move on. I mean, there is so yeah. much more to his story. There is, and, and, and interesting, too, that, you know, to my question about have you run anything other than the run and shoot, he says, eh, nah, not really, not really, which I like to hear. I, I like to hear because, you know, when you're really sold on something, this the offense itself has been maligned, I think, over the years. The chuck and duck, yeah. as Buddy Ryan yeah. uh, famously termed it yeah. when the two were working. To- I think it's best when it's kind of a hybrid with other things which he said yeah coaches like the buffalo coach will say he was saying that in with in buffalo they'll use uh, what did he call it the uh the package that had to do oh the mustang package for when he was at uh uh smu which i forgot about that yeah and he did a nice job as he said he's kind of the he's been a master of rebuilds wherever yeah, he's gone he goes. the programs have been and way down they needed it at the time mm-hmm. smu did it wasn't right after the death no, but it was at a time when they were down. So um, he sees various variations of what these other coaches are running from the run and shoot. But it has been a maligned offense as not working at the higher levels 
I don't know. It's hard to tell. Jim Kelly, he was coaching not the offensive coordinator, but he was coaching at Houston and with the gamblers of the USFL mm-hmm. when Jim Kelly was running, running it. I, I, I yeah, imagine that's they were correct. running it. No, they were. They were. Because he was racking up a ton of mm-hmm. yards back then. Mm-hmm. So Fascinating character in the history of, of the sport, quite frankly. And I wanted to follow that up today. Part of the reason to have Nigel not only to talk about his thoughts and preparing for the Beavers in Idaho, what the Beavers may indeed be up against. Talking to Trent Cowan yesterday, the analyst got me a little nervous because I'd not gotten to the level I have now, even with the poor guy, uh, Jarek, Jersey Joe Walcott, their SID, <laughs> a one-man band, and oh. he do- doesn't have his notes out yet. The poor guy, I can, you know, when we say doesn't have his notes out, in this world, we all rely, and, and they're all available to fans on websites. You can get Oregon State's game notes for football this yeah. week. Go to OSUBeavers.com and the football page, and you can get the same game notes that that, we use. that Nigel and Rich and, and all broadcasters who prepare for Oregon State get. A well-done release, as they call it. It's in the release, brother. The famous phrase from Hal Cowan. <laughs> but uh, Jarek has, with some people resigning this week up in Moscow, has not been able to get the notes out yet. So I'm working off of last week's set of notes, which didn't have the full detail of the Indiana game. I kind of did a, you know, a, a, an end around and found Indiana's notes from the game and a box score and mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And thus became with that combined with Trent Cowan saying Noah Ellis was essentially unblockable and he is 347 pounds and he's Luther's kid and he's good, and they've got some other defensive players, and they have eight guys that are transferred from the Division One AA level, four or five of them on defense. That's where I think they're going to be maybe better, stouter defensively than Hawaii was. So it'll present a better test. Now, overall, the Beavers are better, yeah. and will. I'm not fretting, per se, a Montana fiasco for the Beavers no. or— a Sac State, or even Eastern Washington. The Eastern Washington fiasco is almost explicable when you look back at the 13 game, as disappointing Mm -hmm. as it was. That offense was humming and clicking with Vernon Adams. And and we've seen other offenses that become very difficult to deal with. And that hot day on August 31st, 2013, the Beavers could not rein Vernon Adams in that offense. I don't think the Beavers are dealing with that kind of challenge come Saturday against Idaho, not on offense. Right. But the defensive players and personnel up front, the first six, seven front-line guys, playmakers, good stats, uh, got after Indiana, held them to 338 yards of total offense, which is a paltry number in this era. Now, granted, some of that were short fields because of special team snafus mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. issues. Uh, Indiana didn't have to drive the the field that often, but still, three thirty eight is a low number, which catches your attention. FCS teams will 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 beat, you know, FBS schools. It just happens. Why does it Oregon State have to get get you know by Oregon State fans have to be mocked and derided when you lose to a Sacramento State or or Vernon Adams and Eastern Oregon? Now, I guess obviously you look at the two teams. Well, that wasn't a very good Sacramento State team, or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. But and no, no, that team that went that lost, I think, to uh, 2013. What did they end up going? That was a, a pretty good record, wasn't it? For the, the Beavers, the yeah. Well, they won their next six. 
They lost yes. that, yeah. won their next six, and did go to a bowl game. Now, they lost five in a row. That was well, a I weird remember, year. I remember doing the tailgate show in the lobby of the hotel, which we were there for years. I can't believe it's been eight years already since that game. Yeah. Hot day, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The Beavers chose their all-black uniforms, <laughs> which you know people said, well, what did they do that for? I remember that. But Vernon Adams was so good, and he had an entourage that came into the hotel Said Vernon Adams on jerseys, and and we I think we talked to his dad. You did, I remember. Yeah, I remember listening. Yeah, and and I mean we were just like anything else, kind of thinking, well, you know, mm. this is Eastern Eastern Washington. It should be a win, but we'll we'll respect you. So you have to, you have to. Now Oregon Stony Brook, different story. And I, I, I just, mentioned you that- made me laugh out loud. <laughs> you and Scott Schuler's exchange this morning. He. You said they're playing Stony Brook, and he went into an older person's voice. Well, we're going to get the leather helmets out, referring to our Stony Brook. Stony Brook Retirement in Community town. in Corvallis. And I just, I, that just amused me yeah. as I heard Scott go into that, <laughs> into that mode. But I, the point I was making with Scott that I've talked about when I do sports in the morning is like, okay, I, I'm seeing some headlines. I'm not reading them, but I, the stories, but I'm seeing the, a lot of headlines in OregonLive.com. Where it just comes out and says, what back? up quarterback will play on Saturday for Oregon. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yes. But do you blatantly say that? Now the paper can, the team teams can't the paper can, but even still it's not very respectful. It's uh, it's the most open I've ever seen really when looking at a matchup. But when you say you see headlines and stories, is are these just the writers and the, the yes. bloggers? And the, yes. It's not Mario Cristobal no. saying the no, thing not we're really looking forward to is getting our third and fourth <laughs> no, guys you'd never in see early that. in the game. No, it, but I do believe if the story is true, and I've heard it from Glennie and others who, who experienced 85 in Seattle yeah. and the 21-21 and the buildup to it, that Don James was asked – on his coach's show, something to the effect of, is this a game where you're looking forward to getting your twos and your threes, yeah. your backup quarterback and quarterback some more playing time? And Don, which is surprising, according to witnesses or people who heard it or yeah. know about it, essentially bit and said, yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, which that's changed. is a mistake. That's tame compared to Steve Spurrier, who would just be yeah. open to saying, yeah, we should have no problem. Right. You know, the old ball coach, we should have no problem this week and get get every, get, every, get guys in, make sure nobody gets hurt. Good for him because, the you know, the polar opposite of that was Lou Holtz. I just don't know how we're going to keep up with this group, right? I mean, Lou, <laughs> Lou built team. every opponent up yes. to be the mightiest foe he'd ever encountered in his life. It was amusing in its own way. It, it was. We were hoping to have Nigel on today for a variety of reasons, to talk about, first and foremost, the Beavers in Idaho. This matchup, this Saturday at Reeser, that he's calling with Rich Burke. But I also, on the heels of the June Jones conversation, with Nigel as a defensive coach and a good one, a defensive coordinator at the D1 level and a good position coach for Mike Riley, 2003 through 2007. Here are some very good years for Beaver football. He was part of a team that beat Pete Carroll and USC when the Trojans came in and were mighty. He was part of the defense that found a way to to get a little pressure on Colt Brennan in that amazing game in Hawaii in 06 and win that game and win that 
that uh, bowl game in really one of the more satisfying years we've all experienced together, the yeah. 2006 season. Nigel was part of the Oregon State staff then. So I, w- I wanted to pick his brain as a defensive coach just about trends, about the run and shoot, about evolutions within it, tweaks and things that have been made, kind of where offenses are going now, what's happening with tempo and fast break offense, who's doing what, what, what do you see happening? Are defenses beginning to come back around? I mean, you see Clemson lose a game. Georgia and Clemson play a game, and the final score is 10-3. to 3. Yeah. That tells me, you know, are things settling down a little bit? Are, are things, you know, coming back to some sense of, Normalcy, uh, it's a word we've, we've leaned a lot on in the last 17, 18 months. Can we ever get back to it? But when I see a score in the SEC, ACC-SEC matchup, and it's 10 to 3, I, I like it in a sense. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm I do too. i glad to see a score like that once in a while in our game. Are we trending at all that way? I wanted to get to Nigel on that as well as he will have many thoughts in the days ahead on the Pac-12 network shows and so on about the Beavers' next opponent. Yes. And what can, So Nigel did say in conclusion, back and forth, after I saw his busy schedule, <laughs> he did say, it's not quite as full next week. Let's try for next week, and we'll do a postmortem yeah. on the Idaho game. No, that'll be and great. And more important, look ahead to USC. His opinion about the Beavers' shot at that, yeah. because he's he studies all the conference teams well, knows their personnel, their tendencies, their storylines, and I'd be interested in where he comes in on USC and its situation. You know, with some of these big games and closer scores, uh, a gut feeling has kind of hit me recently. I'm on the. I may be on the very, very forefront of something that comes, and and people can say you were a genius when you saw it, or I'm wrong. I don't know this to be true, but I'm kind of wondering if three stars are playing closer to five stars. In other words, that there's a leveling off, if you know what I mean, of top players, or or all the players across the land. With again, now this is really forefront. There will be a generation that comes up where CTE and head trauma and all of that. Right now, there's Pop Warner. Now, there's a lot of Pop Warner kids, and the numbers are up in Corvallis. That's good. But you have to think that for a while there, in the recent seven or eight years, there was such bad press about football Mm -hmm. that moms wouldn't let their kids play. And so maybe the pool is a lot smaller. I don't know this to be true, but maybe it's smaller because of that. And then the kids coming through now might be from the group that's smaller and there might be a leveling off of players. So if they say you got a five star, he might be just a a little bit better (laughs) than the three star. Whereas in the old days, he was way better than the three star. So you, you look at a school and say, well, look at how close they play them. And there's more of that happening or the land. And it might be that there's a slight leveling of the, of the, the player in this day. I don't know. I'm just, I have a gut feeling. We're going to take a break and come back with Carrie. You were mamas don't let your babies grow up to play football came to mind as a, you know, a bit of a takeoff on what you're talking about. It almost had that feel. You're right. Over the last five, six, seven years, whether that's trending now in a slightly different direction, things are beginning to stabilize and numbers mm-hmm. are getting better here. Yeah, they seem to yeah, be Is Corvallis. that true across the state, across the country. I, I don't know. It's a good question to, to pursue, I suppose. 
But then thinking about Mama's Only and thinking about Waylon and Willie got me thinking about Dan Roberts and got me thinking about Dan Roberts. And, <laughs> and Doug Blair did not know Dean and Dave had a brother named Dan Roberts. And if Doug Blair doesn't know it, then I don't feel bad that I don't know it because if Doug Blair doesn't know it, nobody knows it. Well, where In was he when, when Dean and Dave were making their... I mean, how old is Dan their... compared to Dean and Dave? That's the good question. Yeah. I mean, Dean, the basketball wonderkin who made probably the in his life choice the wrong choice to go down and play for harder mm-hmm. he i think he had a chance to have a good collegiate basketball career had he chosen differently but we all make choices that end up not necessarily working out the best so you you can't i don't blame dean for that per se but it didn't work out particularly well for him and it's chronicled in bud weather's excellent book mad hoops but Dave Dave goes to Oregon to play baseball, ends up becoming a number one pick, becomes mm-hmm. one of the highest paid free agents in the early days of free agency. The timing for everything for that was well. One of the cl- great utility players in the modern uh, era in Major League Baseball and a number one pick out of Oregon, player of the year. And so I've heard of those guys most of my life. Yeah. Until yesterday, I didn't know there was a Dan Roberts. And so the question simply is, oh, well, Dan Roberts. Yeah, Beach is a Cheyenne. Of course, everybody around here knows him. If Doug Blair doesn't know him, I'm saying I don't feel bad that I didn't know who he was until yesterday. <laughs> I get two texts, uh, opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. One, Dan is four to five years younger than Dave. Okay. That from uh, someone here that we know in the community. The other one comes in that says... Uh, that uh, if I read the bio correctly, Dan was the oldest at 76. <laughs> okay. So, so, so one, two people yeah. in our community say he's the youngest, yeah. he's the oldest. Yeah. Let's take a break and come back with the Dean. Not the Dean Roberts, but the Dean of Portland Sports. <laughs> Retirement roast the other night. That's why we discovered June Jones at the sh- event. It was that was a nice uh, consequence of attending the event. Carrie Eggers joins us, I believe, from Mount Rushmore, running around with Eva Marie Saint and Carrie Grant. Coming up next, Carrie Eggers, 1240 Joe Radio. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at Dave's Performance Hybrids. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. 
Do you have a rock chip in your windshield that's bugging you? Stop by or give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glass Man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glass Man. Showers or baths? Which do you prefer? Hi, this is Katie with Albin's Plumbing. You deserve a bathroom that fits you, whether that be a walk-in shower or a luxurious soaker tub. Let Albin's Plumbing handle your bathroom remodel from beginning to end. Then all you have to do is turn on the water and relax. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with John Warren and a special guest coming to us. I wish I could go into James Mason's mode in Rapid City, South Dakota, in honor of one of Hitchcock's greatest North by Northwest. One of his top five, for me, best films he ever made. Love it. And that's where Cary Agers is, Rapid City, South Dakota. And heading to Mount Rushmore later, look out for Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint running around with Martin Landau up there. It is a pleasure to welcome the Dean of Portland Sports, a wonderful event on Friday night at Langdon Farms that his brother Brent and others helped put together, a retirement roast for the Dean after 50 years writing sports. And he's still writing, com. But this was an official retirement roast event, Carrie, that I was honored to, to be invited and get to come. It was a great night. Thanks for taking time for us. I hope you had a good time the other night, Carrie. Did we, Carrie, are you there? Oh, hmm. I'll have to call him back. Yeah, we will. That happens every once okay. in a while. Okay, can you just hit redial on the fan? Okay. Uh, Carrie Eggers expected to join us. Now, being in Rapid City, South Dakota, I don't know how good the cell service is up there. I'm amazed in watching Yellowstone episodes that Costner and people can be way out in the middle of nowhere, and he's getting cell service and making calls and then eventually moves the camp so he doesn't have to take calls anymore. But that that little move up the hill, it seemed to me, would have improved his service for those of you who've seen the show and the episodes a few times. I agree. And that seems to be many of you. Wayne Tinkle loves the show. I've talked to other. Mike Gitz, my favorite show ever. So we're trying to reconnect with Kerry wherever he is in the Rapid City south dakota area and did it go dark on you no it rang and and it might be a thing where he's trying to call us where we're trying to call him okay. so i'm just going to give it a pause and wait for the light to ring or the, uh, the i'm going to ask off. carrie about dan maybe yeah. dan yeah, maybe carrie can settle dan. and solve the dan roberts conundrum is he the youngest of the roberts yeah. brothers or the oldest I don't know about that, but Su- Susie was just taking yeah. a guess. She said here too. He played baseball at Westmont College. Okay, cowboy okay. and country musician seemed an unlikely future for Dan Roberts. He grew up in Oregon, majored in history at Westmont, played college baseball. Well, I don't know if he played college baseball there, but he played college baseball. His first job was working with a sports ministry. How did he end up in Nashville? And it goes on to talk about okay. his his time. Apparently. The three brothers had a little band called the Deans or something. The three I D's? told you about that. The mellow, the mellow D's. Yeah, somebody else told D's me about that this morning for too. Dean, Dave, and Dan. Yeah. Now let's try one more time, John. I w- we had him on the line. We had a little conversation off the air, and suddenly he disappeared. So we're going to try again with Carrie. Get a little bit of a, a feel from Carrie on what he's writing, what retirement will look like for him. But uh, let's. Uh, We'll try again with Carrie here in a moment. And 
open phones for the most part the rest of the way. So, Carrie, thanks for taking time. I'm not sure what the problem was with the connection, but I was simply asking you and thanking you, first of all, the invite, the event the other night, the retirement roast at Langdon Farms, a memorable event, really special. I'm sure it was for you. Tell us a little bit, Carrie, before we launch into some other things, just you know, how I guess how appreciative you were of the people that came, of the comments that were made, the video that Bill Shonley himself narrated. I just thought that was a really wonderful event, Kerry. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm so glad that you were there. Uh, you're right. It was like having, you know, 65 of your good friends in the, in the same uh, room for, you know, three hours. I was so, so privileged and honored and flattered that everybody would be there. And like you said, Bill Shonley narrating the film that my brother Brent put together, about my life and you know and, and adding his sense of humor which if you you don't know the sean he's pretty good at that um it was just yeah an evening i won't forget and not only narrating the video but bill himself was there at 92 mm-hmm. years of age and still sounding good looking good he he had to check out a little early as the evening as these events tend to will go at times a little longer maybe than anticipated but just to have bill there must have meant a lot to you it was, and, and I darn it, he, he mentioned him before he was going to leave early, and I wish I'd have told him to stay around for my son Troy's impersonation. Of him. <laughs> I, uh, I think he'd have gotten a big kick out of that. Uh, uh, Troy is a pretty good voice guy, and he's got Sean Lee down pat. Yeah, he did that. I was impressed. Was oh, very man, well I wish I would have heard that. <laughs> Carrie, um, did you have any former players at, at, at this thing, or anyone that you, in the course of your career, had had odds or words with at one point, but then it all turned out good in the end? No, not really, John. Uh, you know, it was more, you know, I had 12 fraternity brothers there. I mean, that was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three or four more that wanted to be there but had previous vacations set up. And, and then there were some media people and family and uh, but not a lot of just plays. Pat Casey was there, and and and, and this, I think you guys had June Jones on earlier either today or this week, and that was fun that he was able to kind of uh, multitask. He went, of course, went down to the Hawaii game the night, night before, but it was great to see him. I really not known June. I didn't know June until professionally. I got to know him when he started coaching, and 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 uh, you know we've been friends for now for thirty years. But it was great to have him there. It was, and Kerry, I will tell you, he was as interesting of a guest as, you know, that we've had. We've had a lot of great ones on the show through the years, but June's career is fascinating. Have you? How much have you written, in a oh. sense, about him and the arc of his career and all of his stops along the way? Well, as you know, three three colleges and, and wound up at Hawaii and was pretty, you know, or, oh, sorry, wound up at Portland State and, and had two great years under Mouse. And then, yeah, I mean, his coaching career through – you know, the two stops in the NFL as head coaches, and then lots in Canada. And he's been in just, you know, virtues in the XFL, right? I, yes. I, I didn't get a chance to ask him if he's going to be coaching next year. Did, did you guys ask him at that, about that? Yeah, and he believes the XFL and the CFL are going to merge, and they're going to have Vince, a very ambitious nine Canadian teams, nine teams in the United States. And oh. he thinks it's going to be a pretty big deal. And he's With American gonna, rules. With American rules for the league. He, and he's excited about it wow. and I think planning on coaching again. He's got more energy than most people about half his age. He was interested, Mike. I don't know if you mentioned in the Oregon State job um, when Jonathan got it. and uh, But I got the sense that the people at Oregon State thought he was too old. I don't think he's too old. I think he would have done a good job. Yeah, I, I agree with you based on everything that it particularly carry his 
record with reclamation projects. And if you're taking over a 1-11 team, you got another one. And he, he had done that at all of his collegiate, you know, his collegiate stops yeah. in, in the CFL, wherever he'd gone, yeah. he said he'd inherited programs that were really low and quickly got them turned yeah. around. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii was really down and the SMU was down and they had some good seasons under that. Hey, Kerry, other aspects of the event on Friday, you took time at the end to thank people for coming and, and mention this of Pat Casey, who was there. You have covered... 50 years of sports in this state. And that was a pretty big and bold declaration. There were other good coaches there, but you said you believe he's the best, greatest coach the state of Oregon has ever had. Something to that effect. Tell, I mean, we yeah. understand it in a sense, but give us, Kerry, you're not just talking shop there. I mean, you believe that. Why? Well, I, I do. And, and uh, I'm talking any sport uh, in, any, any, in the state of Oregon's history now. I wasn't around for as long as some people, but I've been around a long time. And what he did, you know, it's just so, you know, the history, Mike, Jack Riley twice had to revive the Oregon State program. They were going to, they were going to drop it because you can't play baseball in the Northwest, right? The weather's just not good enough. And, and he wasn't going to, he, he, he didn't come in just to be competitive. He came in to win it all. He convinced that group in 19, in 2000, that wound up getting to the College World Series in 2005 with Ellsbury and Andy Jenkins, and then later with Gunderson and Nickerson and so on, and um, just established a program that perennially, perennially was a contender to win the national title. I can't think of anybody who's taken a more surprising approach uh, and, and reached fulfillment of it than, than Pat Casey. No, I agree. I think I think Dwight even said that, Dwight Jaynes at one point, that uh, – that's just an incredible job done. All in all, though, I, I mean, everybody was there, and you got to you got to mention that, and and that's all great. I have a question for you. Uh, going back to June, he said that he goes back. You two go back to when he was at uh, Grant. Grant, and you were yeah. you were at Corvallis <laughs> we're in the same and class. Did yeah, you? and and we never played against each other and really didn't know each other. Yeah. but I certainly knew of him, and he played in the Shrine game with one of my teammates and good friends and including Dean Fouquet and they had a good visit. Dean was there. Dean was the quarterback at Pendleton, John, when we played in the semifinals, but I was at Corvallis senior year. We played up there and we got by him and he's been a friend and fraternity brother and so on since then with me. But I know he and, and June had a great talk because they, they were both quarter, two of the best quarterbacks in state that senior year. What was your house? What fraternity were you in? A Delta to Delta. Oh, okay. Um, Another question about uh, Pat. Uh, oh, yes. Did your career go back far enough to where you covered him in high school, or are you too close in age? Now, are you talking about June? No, I'm talking about Pat Casey. Oh, Case. Uh, no, Case is a little bit behind me, but not too much. You know, he played at University of Portland. He played both. Uh, basketball and and baseball, and I remember him there. But I I didn't I never covered the pilots, so I did not not know Pat. Okay, Carrie Eggers joining us, Rapid City, South Dakota, on a little bit of a trip, but continuing to write. We'll get to CarrieEggers dot com and some of the stories at deep dive on beaver baseball recently and their prospects for next year. But on the tables, I was glad Brent set those out, but. 
your book on Jerome Kersey, I have not, is it done? Is it available? I have not seen it yet myself, Carrie. I'm just telling you that up front. But is the book on Jerome finished? And, and how is it being received here in the in these early stages, perhaps? Well, the, the publisher told me that it would be ready. What is today? Is it today the 15th? Yes, 16th. So yeah. this is the day that it was supposed to be released. But because of this trip, I'm, I'm going to get my supply of them on the 25th. And uh, the book stores in Oregon will probably be receiving them in that last week of September. So you haven't seen it yet. You okay. will soon. Yes, it's been long completed. And, and uh, the, the, the publisher is Dementi Publishing in, in Virginia, which is where Jerome was from. So it'll take a little while to get out here, but not too long. By, by October 1st, it should be available on com, and then also in, in bookstores around the state. What did you find, Kerry, in, in writing his life that maybe, were there things that, did you feel like you knew him completely, or when you went into the biographical mode, you learned a lot more? What were some of those things? I didn't learn too much more because I, I had done a book uh, called um, Blazer Profiles. The very first book I ever wrote was 1991, and I did a a fairly long profile on all the 12 players, uh, and I think the two coaches, or I think it was Rick and, and maybe three. But in the event, um, so I had actually talked to his his grandparents, both of them, for that. So uh, that was a pretty – so I had a, some knowledge of him. And then, of course, covering him during the, all you know his heyday with, with the Blazers. Now, you're, you always find out stuff. I didn't realize he had such a coterie of friends from college. He – Longwood was very important to him. Longwood had been a women's college up until about five years before Jerome went there, and they made the switch from Division Three to Division Two while he was there. So uh, a lot of changes at Longwood during his time. He is just an absolute idol there. I mean, they. I was on. I did a podcast last week with some people. Some a couple of young gentlemen who played there, and now they're in sports broadcasting down there. Mike, by the way, I want to talk to you about this one guy. He's very talented. Okay. But anyway, they, they just regard Jerome as an idol there, and they, they have not forgotten the quarter's name for him. So those maybe were – I didn't realize what kind of an impact he had left in, in his you know, at, at his college and then, of course, his hometown of Clarksville. No, I can't wait. I will. I've read – Everything except for the, the, the one you just mentioned from 91, everything that you've written. Quick question here now that uh, you were celebrated in retirement and all of that. I know you're, we had you on at the time you retired, and you're, you're still going with the website, and I read everything on there as well, you and Jimmy. Do you remember you two? Do you remember your first, where you first crossed paths, Mike and, and, and Carrie? Because I remember. Mike Parker. Yeah, because I remember my first time that you and I crossed paths, at least professionally, I saw you somewhere else, was when we went down with the Forest Dragons to San Jose, <laughs> and the quarterback got, you know, nearly That's died. Right. And you James and I went in Gidry. the rental car. James Gidry, right? Yeah, James yeah. Gidry, and you and I, you gave me a ride in the rental car, and, and we went, uh, I don't remember if we went to the hospital or something, because it was very emotional at the end of that game. Because sure was. Because of that situation, that's you and I worked together for the first time there. Carrie, I won't. That's I, right. I will uh, answer for you only in the sense that you gave Thank me you. you gave me some tremendous career advice. Uh, <laughs> with the first time I think we met, I was doing sports talk radio, and it's funny to me yes. because in a sense it came true. Sports talk radio on the fan. We met at a Blazer event or game somewhere. 
and you had uh, de detected a bit of perhaps from my old, you know, the old, old Mike Parker life and my old days with my <laughs> alma mater where I went to college and talking about them quite a bit. And you said, you know, Mike, you've got a pretty diverse audience out there and a lot of Beaver fans that may not fully appreciate you talking so much about that other school, and you may someday have a chance to work for them, so don't go too heavy on it. You said that like in 1990 to me, Kerry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It became a, uh, you know, keep true a few years later. Yeah. Little did I really think that might happen, but you got to keep your options open. Absolutely. Right? But, but Mike, I, I, I listened as soon as you started Actually, I, I probably was. You also did some sideline stuff, didn't you, for the Ducks prior to that? A little bit, yeah. I did that in '91 and '91 uh, and '92. Okay. Yeah. And you started in Portland with your radio show, and about that time, about too. '90, yeah. And I, I became a, a fan of yours right away with, with your show, and you were at 1080, and and uh, I remember doing a story uh, years later about the, you know, that group that you had there now michael thompson came <laughs> right. in was it right after you or yeah right about that same time early it was yeah he was still playing when we first he, started it but uh, we had quite so a group good. yeah and, he was funny I, you know i didn't yeah go ahead Mike. no go ahead you you wrote that 15 anniversary was so much fun to, to listen to and you were too and, and you know two different styles and and uh, I, I enjoyed that and and i i know you know Talk radio has changed a lot over the years, but boy, that 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 era, you guys were, were really, really good. Well, thanks for that, Kerry. I, I wanted to get one other thing on Kerry on uh, on your book on Jerome and whether you found this to be the case. You were close in covering the Blazers for so many years on the beat and interacting with these guys throughout long seasons. So you know them far better than I ever in in the small roles that I had covering them, doing some fifth quarter stuff. I felt over the years that in just in terms of niceness as a human being, a kind person, somebody who actually would look you in the eye and talk to you and ask you how you were doing and it didn't feel like it was just, well, because I'm supposed to do that. Jerome struck me as a genuinely warm, nice guy. Did that come out as a consistent theme about him? Well, I'll, I'll look, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, that I, yes, and also that's the way I feel about it too. I mean, he you, you couldn't have said it better. He is one of those guys that actually cared about what people felt, and a lot of these guys are so uh, privileged and say it's almost you know they're they're treated so different, so reverentially by fans that they, they develop a little bit of a condescending attitude towards just the, the common folk. Never, never happened with Jerome, and, and that's a neat thing about him. And, and that's I felt good about writing the book because I think as a person, yeah, he had his he had his issues, and we talked about it in the book, and you'll read it when you see it. But um, generally, he, he he behaved and comported himself in a terrific fashion, and and not not just in, in his hometown. Once he got out to Portland, that was his hometown, and and he he is you know regarded as one of the all time favorite Blazers by the fans. I really think. Oh yeah. Kerry Eggers joining us for just a few more minutes and then off to Mount Rushmore. Have you been there before? Never have. That's what my girlfriend, Steph, and I, uh, we've had a great trip so far, Mike. We went to the Pendleton Roundup on Monday night, saw the bull riding, stayed with Dean Foquette, drove to Bozeman on Tuesday, saw Montana, stayed with Mark Laswell, who is Scott Laswell's brother, and Mark was a starting halfback on a, 
our state championship team, and he had been back for the 50-year reunion we had a few weeks ago. That was fun. He's got a beautiful place near Bozeman. And then we drove to, to uh, uh, Rapid City the next day and, and saw some country I'd never seen before. Well, it sounds wonderful. Hope yeah. you didn't run into the Beck brothers, although they may, they may have been dealt with already by Costner's crew. I don't know if you watch Yellowstone or not, but uh, <laughs> you're up in that country, so be careful. Be careful. Hey, Carrie, you mentioned the, right. the – have you watched Yellowstone, by the way? <laughs> The show? I've watched it, but I'm not familiar with okay, it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, not too yeah. much. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Eva, you know, beware, you know, beware the moonlight, stay off the moors was the advice in American Werewolf in London. Just be careful. Beware of the it's back, like the, the back mafia brothers. in the West. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the, the <laughs> We are gonna get Yellowstone Park too. I've never been there on the way back. That's that's another stop we're gonna make. Don't Beautiful. feed the animals. It's a great trip, Gary. That sounds tremendous. The the, you mentioned the reunion and some of the names that have come up here. Yesterday we had, and maybe you can settle this for us because we're getting answers from across the spectrum. <laughs> Yesterday, Dan, who was at your event, uh, I can't remember. I think it's Jarman. I, I can't. Dan, Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon. Yeah. Yes, he was at your event. Sorry, Dan, if you're listening. But Dan shared the story about. Dan Roberts, and I'm sitting here thinking, Dan Roberts, I mean, I know Dave and I know Dean, but I knew nothing until the last day or two about Dan Roberts. So where is he in that Roberts brotherhood? Older, younger? I mean, do you know Dan? Yeah, I certainly do. He's the youngest of the three. Dave was two years older than me. Dean was the same year. Dean was uh, all-state basketball, a great baseball player, wound up playing both sports at Oregon more successfully in the baseball than the basketball. Dan was a year younger than us, Mike, and a good baseball pitcher, left-handed baseball pitcher for the Spartans. Now he's a very famous, as you probably have heard, Mm -hmm. uh, songwriter and country western singer and lives down in Texas. I don't know why. Doug Blair did not know about that. And if Doug Blair doesn't know who Dan Roberts is, I didn't feel (laughs) quite so bad about not knowing Dan Roberts. But have you... Does he come around? I just this. I'm I'm surprised this late in my life. I'm learning that such a person exists. <laughs> I've never I've never seen Dan since I left high school. I don't know where he went to college, and and so he was supposed to come up, but he didn't wind up coming up, uh, uh, and and so I didn't get the chance to see him. Okay. Final thing, and that is how much now you're taking a trip. You've got a book release coming. How much? Are you going to keep working and writing? You still love it, or you you wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Are we going to see? Do you feel, Kerry? You still have you you know great stories to tell people to interview and write about. I mean, how do you see retirement in the days ahead? Well, we're, um, Dave Wilson, who you know, yeah. uh, he's my web supervisor, and we're you know we will be procuring sponsorship for the website that will allow us to to do some podcasts or video casts, and I'll continue. If, if we get that, then and I, I know we will, then then I will continue doing stuff as long as I enjoy it. And I'm enjoying it now. I enjoy talking to the coaches that I'm dealing with. It's mostly been Oregon State and the Blazers, and some sometimes I'll do a notes column if I have some comments I want to make. And so as long as I have fun with it, it won't last forever. I know that, but I might as well. I've been getting good response. We got over a thousand subscribers, and and that's been fun. So the whole thing's been fun for me. And what about books? Any more books? Yeah, there's one book coming after this, and then after that, I, I'm not sure. But, yeah, the book projects are, you know, it's so much different, John, because now, I mean, doing the uh, the Kersey book was the first time I got to do one without a job, when I didn't have a job to mm. do, too. And 
So, I mean, I, I, the, the publisher, I got the, the copy to him, the manuscript to him two months early. He said he'd never, he'd been doing it for many years. He'd never had anybody do that so early. Because so. you guys are too busy. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations on everything, Kerry. It was a, it, I learned a lot about you, Dwight, and all the material in the roast was funny <laughs> and informative. Some of the boondoggles that he talked about and some of the other things was very entertaining stuff. Thanks for including me. Yeah. Your brother Brent did a great job uh, putting it all together. Yes. And really appreciate you, as always, taking time for us here on the Joe Beaver Show. Have a great time at Mount Rushmore later. And we hope to stay in touch. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Bye-bye. Gary. Gary Eggers, GaryEggers.com. He's a great guy. He's just so fun to talk to uh, outside of the business. And The youngest, he says, Dan yeah. is. Yeah, right. Okay. By a year, or a year younger than him. Now, somehow, some way, I feel like I know Beaches of Cheyenne. That does that song does that ring a bell? The title, yeah. the no. title does. No, but it's but, a Gar. Is that a Garth Brooks? Beaches of Cheyenne. Yeah, that, and I, he he wrote it. Or that he, Dan co-wrote. Yeah, I think co-wrote. there were a couple of others. There was there was Dan and another guy that wrote several big songs for Garth, and um, they also would sing and open for Garth Brooks. And mm-hmm. on his website, he's listed as he he and the other guy who sing were the opening act for Garth Brooks. And I think for 12 years, they, they have opened more times for Garth Brooks than any other act. You have uh, put in a request officially via Dan Roberts' website. I got pu- through to a voicemail. Person. I'd be interested to hear Dan's story. We yeah. talked about yeah. Dean and Dave, as you mentioned, over the years. And Dan has a fascinating journey that kind of went a little – it deviated away from – what his elder brothers did, well, but it's fascinating yeah. and it's successful and the bronc riding and, and the, you know, the rodeo circuit and all. I mean, a very interesting And, and a, a good uh, and baseball player. Must have been. Played collegiately, I mean, if, yeah. if small college, but he played collegiate baseball and then had the talent to go on and, yeah. and do some great things. Love to talk to him. So we'll see if we can make that happen. In the meantime, we hope to hear from you. Dan, thank you for the for putting us on to the Dan Roberts angle and and the June Jones stories and all of the other things you've shared with us. We have open phones the rest of the way. Four nine seven five three five six twelve forty Joe Radio. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Every Qdoba catering order is a fresh-made Mexican feast of hand-smashed, flame-grilled, sliced, diced, and sautéed flavors perfect for any occasion. Whether you're planning your office's tortilla Tuesday, hosting a post-game party for your intramural dodgeball team, or trying to bring in a dinner for your PTA meeting that's so good, it'll bump your kid up to an A-minus in Spanish class. Qdoba Catering. Fresh, hot, easy, delicious. Order today. 
Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. All right, welcome back to the uh, the Joe Beaver Show. So John um, called and had a question from yesterday? Or? We were talking about um, Dennis and the 85 season in which he was up for the Beaver job and didn't get it. Right. He said that uh, that D and, and every, or not D, but that everybody wanted Dennis except for a faculty committee. Well, and he was, this caller, John, was on the faculty committee and there was one and apparently there isn't one anymore and this quote-unquote faculty committee had veto power and for whatever reason they vetoed it um he may know why i did, didn't get into it with him or if i did i forgot but uh basically that was the gist of it all in 85 that that i've heard stories and tales and probably archivally whatever you there could be even there could be material that may spell that out so it wasn't d saying no no what, what john is telling no. you it wasn't d saying i'm not going to hire no. dennis erickson he d and everybody else wanted him but the faculty this. committee vetoed it but john if you're listening and want to call or email us text us four nine seven five three five six did it have to do with any misgivings about the previous era and looking at candidates available and seeing a man named Dave Cragthorpe who maybe, you know, whatever was known about Dennis or, you know, his predilections, whatever else. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but was the faculty committee a bit nervous at all about where Oregon State football's reputation was with respect to its head coach and felt as though... Dave Cragthorpe's demeanor and image might work better. That's the question. Let's go quickly to Brian before we break for the top of the hour. Hey, Brian. Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, my tale is that um, in 1976, I was a beginning teacher in Climate Falls, and so was Dean Roberts. Mm -hmm. And I got to know Dean and his wife, like Sue, quite well. Really nice people. I quite like Sue. I hope I don't embarrass her, but you may or may not have known that her high school boyfriend was a kid named Mike Riley. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's just kind of an interesting aside. And Sue, I apologize if that's an embarrassment to you. Nah. But um, I met um, Dan one time when uh, he came to visit us in our backyard, and he was still a farrier at the time. He was shoeing horses, <laughs> and I think it was kind of hand to mouth. He was scraping by, and he was a wannabe country western singer or songwriter kind of guy. And apparently in those days, everybody who was a wannabe would head off to Nashville and 
give it a shot. And so Dan went to Nashville. And I can't square on this next story is exactly true. I've heard it two or three times. But the poor song, songwriters who would go to Nashville in those days, they all went camped down in some holler because it just was too expensive to stay in a hotel. And so there would be six or eight of them sitting around in, in the evening at a campfire kind of thing and exchanging songs and becoming friends. And one of Dan's good friends that he met around the campfire in the holler was a, another kid named Garth Brooks. Hmm. Hmm. And they became fast friends. And when Garth was at his absolute height, uh, one of his entire albums was written by Dan. Wow. And I know that um, he did well enough financially from writing that that he pretty much um, helped him out along in life. It was a, a very successful relationship, and they've remained good friends over the years. And as John said, he's opened for him several times. I know when he came to Portland, when Garth came to Portland, Dan opened for him. And they've just had a, a very tight friendship all these years because they met at some holler as when they were one of these songwriters. Ryan, that's a tremendous story. And we're going to keep working to try to get Dan himself on to kind of elaborate on it. But thank you for that. That's a great story. We appreciate you taking time. We've got to take a break, Brian. But thank you so much for the call and the story as we learn more about Dan Roberts, an hour to go, 1240 Joe Radio. This is Brian Mossberger. You're listening to the home of the Oregon State Beavers on 1240 KEJO Corvallis. With the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report, I'm Charlie Pellet, brought to you by Exergen. The NBA is going ahead with a plan where players who are fully vaccinated against the coronavirus will not need to submit to regular testing. Those who are unvaccinated, however, will undergo rigorous testing, one test on practice or travel days, and at least one test on game days. After declining last season for the first time in three years, NFL viewership bounced back in the last week of the new season. The league says the audience averaged 17.4 million viewers per game over traditional TV and online platforms, a 7% increase from the same period last year. NASCAR will be opening the 2022 season inside the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum in one of the biggest shakeups to its schedule in years. And that's the Bloomberg Business of Sports Report. I'm Charlie Pellet. If you think vaccines alone will protect you from COVID-19, think again. More breakthrough cases of COVID variants show that vaccinated people are still vulnerable to the deadly disease. To be safe, monitor regularly for fever as it's the leading sign of COVID-19. Use Exergen, the only thermometer scientifically proven to detect fever. And beware of non-contact devices that miss five out of six fevers. Remember, vaccines are not enough. So protect yourself and your family with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. Learn more at exergen.com. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees, ever. Banks offer coffee. So what's more important, a Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee? You can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs and Company, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. 
Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another Golf Minute to help you when caught in between. How many times during the course of your round are you left with a yardage that puts you in between clubs? I hate that. Do you take the shorter, more lofted club and hit it harder, or do you choose the longer club and cozy it up there? In most cases, unless your adrenaline is really pumping or the pin is up front, you should take the longer club and cozy it up. Take one more club, grip down about an inch, and stand closer to the ball. Then make your swing thought, shorter back, shorter through. In other words, make equal length swings both back and through. Something about a three-quarter length swing, keeping in mind the shorter the swing, the slower the swing. So remember, when you need to gear down, take it shorter back and shorter through, and you'll get it close a lot more times, and you won't get caught in between anymore. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. I need tech that can make me as productive in my home office as I am at my office office. It's possible with Staples Connect. How about a PC that'll help me get the most out of my day and my budget? Staples Connect makes it possible with the tools you need to work from anywhere. And now get up to $200 off select PCs like the Lenovo IdeaPad 5i with Intel i5 processor. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends 918, in-store only, limit two. Are you looking for a rewarding new career? Join the United States Postal Service and apply for roles nationwide. Serve your community with pride and receive benefits including competitive pay and opportunities for advancement. Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal positions, we have options that may be perfect for you. The United States Postal Service is an equal opportunity employer. Apply now at usps.com careers. Uh-huh. Take me to the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. I'll be near Oregon. And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. Chapel is closed for the COVID. 
And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. All right, looks like we're here. I'm appreciative, Siri. Indeed you are. Thank you. No problem. We need to, uh, we need, we need to uh, talk a little while I finish doing this, put it together. But um, uh, yesterday's practice, yes. today it's Jonathan Smith. Right. And I don't know what time that'll all happen, but uh, maybe before the end of the show. We hope to uh, be able to play some of the audio that we, uh, we being T.J. Mathewson, essentially part of the we here on the Joe Beaver Show was able to uh, get from Cody Anderson, Riley Sharp, and Tim Tibisar, and Ron Callen, also part of the we, helped uh, <laughs> send us the uh, the material. I'm just laughing, thinking about the royal we, and the great Bill Shonley, who is royalty in our state, by yes. the way. But no, he, no doubt. Years ago, well, we, we started it, you know, when you would ask him about <laughs> where his career began. I remember, well... We started at a little radio station referring to himself, which I always found. And his entourage. Yeah, a little <laughs> amusing. Wink, wink. <laughs> but, um, That's funny. You know, talking to Bill the other day, and who do we, This is John with more explanation oh, on the faculty Yeah, thing. no, I look forward to hearing it. I really do. Because I've heard things, and I think we're going to get it. We're gonna, we may get the final story on that here in just a second. Sean's was talking about his good friend. He... At one time on the Como, I think, sports staff in the 50s in Seattle. Oh. Bill Shonley and, a, and another young broadcaster named Keith Jackson. <laughs> really? Yeah, they were together. Can you imagine? Well, who's your, who do you got working on your sports team? Ah, a couple of yokels. A uh, couple of kids. Keith Jackson, Bill Shonley. <laughs> Look what they be. But, but then Bill, famers. Bill was saying, yeah, and then Keith did this and that, and then look what happened to him. The rest is just almost like it could have been me or I. Well, and I, I said, Bill, because he was almost saying it with that. Here he is at 92 and the absolute mayor mm -hmm. of Rip City and mm -hmm. beloved personality in the state, maybe as loved as anyone ever in the state. Yes. And. It had that in just talking briefly with him, almost a twinge. Well, you know, look what happened to Keith. And I, I said, Bill, I mean, I'm just hoping that he doesn't walk around now in his 92 year no, old self thinking, oh, I could have, because who he is. It's national versus local. Yeah, right. And, and the local isn't local small. The local is the yeah. state, the state yeah. and an NBA franchise, whereas Keith was national doing right. all the different sports. But how about those two together kind oh, of embarking man. on their careers? That at, is, at Como in Seattle, a big market, but it is it is interesting. Now, John has called. Yes. As we get ready to play the Idaho Vandals Saturday, 1230 at Reeser. When I think about Idaho, Jerry Kramer is the first that comes to mind, quite honestly. But not long after that, Dennis Erickson and his run there, 82 to 85, and his interviewing for the job here after the 85 season, uh, it ends up going to, uh, after the 84, the end of the era for Joe Avizano. His final year was 84. Craig Thorpe comes in in 85. Dennis ends up going back and finishing up his run at Idaho. But there was a chance, based on everything I've ever read and heard, for Oregon State to hire Dennis in 85, not in 1999. 
And John may have maybe the why and the wherefore of all of that. John, thanks for calling back, and welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, Mike um, and, and John. Um, let me let's just be clear. I was not on that committee. I was very close to several members of the committee, okay. so I pretty much had blow-by-blow blow account mm-hmm. of what was going on. I, I think the hesitation in the faculty committee was that due to the, some shenanigans by the previous coach, there was some sensitivity about you know, wanting somebody who was on the you know, up and up and things like that. And anyway, they, the faculty committee voted, I think, for that reason, not so much because they didn't think Dennis was a good coach. They were just worried about, you know, what he might do or a raw reputation, something like that. So it was vetoed. And there were a lot of people upset about it. And in fact, the reason the faculty committee went out of existence some years later was because it resulted really in a... In, Dennis went on to a good career, of course, and then it resulted in this, or the sequence was a string of kind of not very successful hires. And I think people got sick and tired of the faculty committee and just did away with it. I'm not sure exactly what year that was. They're still faculty advisors, but they don't have veto proof anymore. One other thing that was interesting, I thought maybe yeah, you guys must, must know about, but is but but still fascinating. When Craig Ferdy was hired in '75. Harry Donahue applied for the position mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and didn't get it. He was hired by UCLA, I think, just a year or two later. He was, But Terry was so upset about not getting the job, he actually came, I don't know if he came up here or or or, or, or had someone making inquiries. He wanted to know why he wasn't hired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That decision was D's, pretty much. And did and, D, uh, and John yeah. D also did, I mean, Terry Donahue and Rich Brooks were both interested in that position. And that's right. And, that's right. That's and D, did D that. in that sense, I mean, you're saying that wasn't, I mean, D, D made a different decision. There was a sense that you were getting the LA market. Ferdig, who was uh, Craig from all accounts, and I met him once or twice late uh, in, in his <laughs> life. And in my early days with the Beavers, there was a, a charisma, a sense of personality, and he must have wooed and sold D that I can bring you the L.A. market. You know, I'm a famous Trojan with all these L.A. roots. He must have sold D and the people that he interviewed with that he had a greater cachet with the SC ties than either Donahue or Rich did. No, I think you're hitting it right on the head. Uh, I think what irked what irked people so much, beginning of the irks for <laughs> football coaches, was that was that Terry, of course, went on and had a great career at UCLA right after that, mm-hmm. and and we didn't. <laughs> right. So, so people were unhappy with D for that for a while, and and then were really unhappy with the faculty committee, and and D did want to, believe me, D did definitely wanted to hire Dennis in 85 and just got vetoed. And, okay. And it was just a lot of commotion back then in terms of hiring. I think that this, 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 you know, with procedures a lot smoother now than it was then. Mm-hmm. John, that's interesting material. And, yeah, I, when you think about, sometimes I think about the, the coaches that, Oregon State could have had in the same light as basketball players the Portland Trailblazers could have had <laughs> in, their, right. in their draft picks it. along the way. Right. That they had chances to make this choice and went a different direction, and it creates exactly. a, 
a ripple effect that you wonder, you know, you just wonder what would have happened had Donahue been hired? What would have happened had Erickson been hired in 85? What would have happened had Brooks been hired? Maybe he does his thing here. They ended up going down and working like, you know, really keeping his hand to the plow down there for 18 years to build that program to the point that they got to a Rose Bowl and they've been pretty darn good since. But they had he had some some long, tough, dark years down there, too, that were not so successful. But I think he would have been a builder in the Oregon State mode had he gotten the job with his alma mater. Yeah, of course he would. And I think done a great I think would have done a great job here. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, of course, you never hindsight's twenty yeah, twenty. Exactly. So you, you never know. And maybe Terry Donahue would have failed here. Yep. You know, who knows? Yep. So it's possible. What, what can you say, John? Right. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks for the and call. then not had a career. Same thing with Dennis. You, you, <laughs> I think Dennis would have been here for a year and then and then moved on because his mindset was already that way with Wyoming and Washington State in the same time period. And and keep this in mind, yeah. when Dennis got here in 99, he had a really good base of players that Mike was leaving. True. And he brings in Chad Johnson. In the second year. Because yeah. of a relationship in the yeah. second year, he's able to get a Chad Johnson showing up. And that was a huge uh it was reason for for the success that the Beavers had in 2000. No question. And he, when you think about when he did get the job, has a shot at it, probably should have gotten it, you know, based on what John said and what other yeah. uh, history has told us, had a great look at it, how life would have been utterly – I mean, who knows which direction we end up going, yeah. which, which Miami or Florida – he probably never ends up at Miami no. or Florida. Probably doesn't end up at Washington State. I think what a, I, I, you say he might have moved on quickly, but the, th- the thing that's different when you think about that is this would have been his first uh, Division One mm-hmm. Power Five. It wasn't called then, but a job in the Pac-10 and taking over a program that had suffered many years of losing and low win seasons. Joe Avizano was 6-47 and 47 and won here. Six wins, 47 losses, and a tie. That's the record. That's the program that he would have been taking over. So I'm not even sure Dennis, with his wizardry, necessarily would have turned that, no. that dramatically in a year or two, maybe in year three, then he he had maybe he he's perceived as the hottest young coach in America, mm-hmm. and maybe a Miami or somebody else would have come calling, but Miami happens because I think it was Sam Jankovic who had him at Washington State. Then Sam became the AD at Miami, and then he brings Dennis down there with him, essentially. Right. None of that; those relationships. I mean, that Dennis built with Sam and Pullman. He, if he takes the Oregon State job, he never becomes the coach at Miami. However long no. he stays here, who knows? But he wins two national titles, which gets him the job with the Seahawks, keeps him in the Pacific Northwest. And and when the Oregon State job and the timing of all of that came open, he called Mitch and offered himself for the job. <laughs> and the rest is indeed history. Yeah. And without that, without the 2000 season, the most important season in Oregon State football history, arguably. If I can go John Wilner on you in the biggest season, in the biggest weekend, the biggest of the history of the conference. Well, the 2000 season, 
a little bit like Mariner baseball in 95. Yeah. You made a run, you made the playoffs, and you saved baseball for Seattle. I'm not saying that without 2000 and going to the Fiesta Bowl that you don't have some good things and a lot of good things and investment in facilities and so on, but that led to the raising of Reeser and the expanding of Beaver Nation and the new side and the the Truax Truax Indoor. Yeah. That's Dennis and 2000, period, the legacy of that team. The infrastructure that is in there now, which... When you have an infrastructure like that, based on what you had before, there, I believe, should be a minimum number of wins per year, which was not reached by a previous staff. So the numbers you throw out for Joe Avizano, to me, are not as bad. Because if you go lower mm-hmm. than, the, than the base number when you have really good infrastructure, that's because Joe Avizano wasn't, uh, wasn't dealing with the same kind of facilities. And and even not True. even that, but Fertig and, and yeah. previous coaches. When D was coaching and Idaho was being was was a part of the whole thing. Smaller schools. I, I don't know how to describe it or label it, but it was a different time mm-hmm. where every school would seem to be more on a level playing field. The smaller schools along with the bigger schools. I don't know what changed if it was just everybody in the arms race as far as their facilities uh, or what. But it was, you know, it was far more of a deal than an Idaho and Oregon State would hook up back in the day. Population, you know, the explosion Mm -hmm. in certain urban, Mm -hmm. you know, different. uh, I don't know. I don't know what changed from the days of yore to now in comparison between. A, a, a Moscow, Idaho, and an Idaho program, and an Oregon State mm-hmm. and Corvallis. <clears throat> we'll take a break. If you have any thoughts on any of these matters, anything you'd like to share, 497-5356. Was that on the University Honda text line, the question about Addison? Yeah. An update? Yeah. No update? No, <laughs> no information available on that? Uh, thank you for the text, but we have no information, no update, no information. And that's that's the answer. If you'd like to join us, 497-5356 on the Downward Dog phone line, the University Honda text line. If you uh, care to jump in with anything on the Beavers in Idaho this weekend, any other Dan Roberts anecdotes, we're going to make um, a sincere effort to try to track him down. We have made... I'm exhausted. I've exhausted my possibilities on the great Jerry Kramer. Me too. I tried a couple of those. I put out quite a few different numbers, uh, asks, and we just can't find them, can't get to them. So, you know, whether the Beavers play Idaho again and they're not too distant, you know, I'm hoping, and even if we can't, I mean, he's the type of guy that, oh, we're not playing Idaho this week. We're not going to talk to Jerry Kramer. I mean, if we could ever get Jerry Kramer on, we will. So we'll keep the effort going, but it just may not fall within this week. I imagine, too, that um, any any outside team that plays Idaho would is be, always reaching, is always out. reaching yeah. out, trying to find Jerry Kramer. And Jerry could just be going up the little, little slope there that Costner says we're moving the camp or up the hill here so he can get out of cell service range. That wasn't completely believable to me. Everything else about the show, utterly believable. But that little move of the camp, not so much. Let's take a break. 497-5356. If you'd like to jump in with anything, love to hear from you on 1240 Joe Radio.
Power Motorsport September sale is going on now. You'll save on select new Kawasaki vehicles in stock. And whether it's on-road, off-road, or on the water, Power Motorsports has the Kawasaki you want in stock at the price you deserve. Going back to school is fun on a new 2021 Kawasaki Z900 RS. MSRP is $11,299. Power price is $99.99. Explore your rebellious side of fun with a 2021 Kawasaki Z125 Pro Mini Naked Motorcycle. MSRP is $32.99. Power price is $39.99. Start your ride at Power Motorsports in Sublimity online at powermotorsports.com. Whether you are looking for your first job or an exciting career change, at Intech, we are looking for you. Intech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at $18 to $22 per hour, as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals, immediate full benefit eligibility, health insurance, 401k, life and disability, tuition reimbursement, and so much more. Career opportunities from entry-level to professional are available. To start enjoying the career you've always wanted, visit entek.com and click on the careers tab we're excited to meet you Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid Valley. Trump says the area's largest selection of radio controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. We set them up, you knock them down. Fall leagues are now forming at Highland Bowl. Get a group of friends together and reserve your spot. A fall league is fun, good exercise, inexpensive, and perfect for beginners. And with 14 different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something just right. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to HighlandBowl.com. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices too, and students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at futon-man.com. Or live, if, if you want to. I don't know. Um, our, 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 uh, our young guy, TJ, is out at practice. So he will gather. They're, they're finishing around you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's a different setup than it was during uh, preseason camp, as Nick Dashell put it. He, he, he put it in the paper in early August. Preseason, don't call it fall camp. I appreciate that from and Nick. I agree with him. Close to autumn at that point. <laughs> I know. I agree with him. So let's. Uh, yesterday, TJ was at practice, and defensive players and 
coordinator Tim Tibisaw were made available. Cody Anderson has a good story. I think Nick and others have written it up about how he got to bear the flag on the Beavers game against uh, Hawaii this past Saturday on 9-11. And that was an important moment in day for Cody, as I believed he explained to the group of reporters yesterday. Um, I definitely think that we could have done better. Um, there was a lot of good things. Like Coach Tibbs says, there's always good things from the game. There's always things that uh, you're happy about, you're proud of, but there's always something to improve on. Um, they took advantage of the fact that I mean, that quarterback was fast. He was mobile, and he got away from us. And a lot of their rushing yards came on quarterback scrambles, giving up long third downs. Um, that's something we definitely um, looked at the game we're disappointed about. But the great thing about college football is another week to, to fix it. Prior to the game, what did it mean to you to be the one to carry out the American flag on, on September 11th, the 20th anniversary of that holiday? Uh, I think um, I try not to make it about me, but it, it was uh, – I felt – prideful about it because my family is a huge service family first responders military all that kind of stuff and so um it was pretty cool when i told dvd i said i said hey do we have a flag to run out with he said yeah we'll put it in your locker and it was cool for me looking at the front the front seven obviously you guys have dealt with injuries up there for you know most of fall camp how do you think you guys have filled up the production and where do you kind of still have to go there um i think uh, it just comes from next man up. Coach Smith talked about that um, in his interview, uh, talking about, like, Anthony Gould, next man up. That's the mentality that we have. Everybody knows. I mean, you know you have a depth chart, but at any given moment, anybody can have to step in and play, and we're just that type of front that anybody can play. And uh, uh, filling up the stat sheet doesn't really um, mean much to us. We're, you know, we like wins team defense it doesn't matter who makes the play as long as we make the play and we get the win it's all that really matters who are some of the guys that in your eyes have, have stepped up maybe more so and really kind of answered the bell these first couple of weeks i think uh you know with hodge going down simon um a guy who played a lot last year really has led our our defensive line group um just kind of that attitude we come to work every single day like i said no matter who goes down who has to step up it's next man up and we're just going to keep working in that Hawaii game, uh, like you said, Hawaii, you know, they did have some of those quarterback scrambles, but as a group, you also got some sacks. Do you feel like that was kind of a positive step forward for you guys? Uh, yeah, like, like I said, there's always good things to take from the game. It was a positive, but like I said, never satisfied with what we did. We always want to look at what we did wrong to try to correct it, and that was the glaring thing was that quarterback scramble. What's the word on Idaho for you? Just coming to work every single day, not taking any opponent lightly, and uh, just trying to work, trying to get the win every single week, go 1 0 every single week. Good story from Cody Anderson. Yeah. Now, let's just stay with it, Johnny, while we're at it. TJ Matthewson, who, whom we're hoping to feature in a little bit more. We might even play as a test run. We gave him, gave the young guy an assignment, and he's come up with something. We're old, you know. We're we're really old. <laughs> the classic insult in the Beavis and Butthead yeah. episode. You, <laughs> you're you're old. old. They couldn't think of anything more insulting to say to the disc jockey <laughs> in that one. You're old. So, what do you want, Sharp or Tivisar? Let's go with Riley Sharp. Yeah, I have to set it okay, up. Okay, and then and then TJ, who is not old, he's 
at the other end. He's a young man just beginning his life in this career. We may have a regular feature with him to try to get a perspective from the other side. Here's Ready? Riley. Yeah. Your interception on uh, uh, Saturday seemed to really, I don't know if it changed the game, but it really kind of put, sort of put them in a situation where they were just playing catch up, really playing catch up. Yeah, um, fortunately we, going into halftime, we had a good lead and then, uh, I, I mean, fortunately just the play call and positioning is able to get the interception and yeah, I do feel like that kind of helped. Obviously, BJ scored the next play that helped separate us for the rest right, of the game. Right, yeah, yeah, you lift the touchdown. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Um, was there anything you, I mean, did you see anything coming into that play at all? Or So, I mean, we've repped that play um, a lot, and I just, fortunately, was kind of in the right place at the right time. It was play calling, but it was also because of a lot of other factors, like my teammates were doing their job and allowed me to be in a position because of them, you know, so... Really, it wasn't a single-man job at all. It was because teammates were doing their job, allowed me to have that pick, which was really, really cool yeah. to see the whole defense working. You guys have had a couple different edge rushers that have, you know, been out, whether that be McCartan or Addison. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, how has that front seven just kind of stepped up over the last couple of weeks to fill some of those holes in production? Well, I think it's, you know, like you said, those guys are out. It's, it's forced us who are available to go to take more reps and obviously the more reps you get the better experience you have but but ultimately it's just uh the coaching point is we got to win and that's you know if if we want to be successful if we want to help our dbs we we have to step up and and be a a difference in the pass rush people talk about interceptions they talk about sacks but what about tackles for loss how satisfying is that to see those numbers this year you know it's that's a good thing and it's something we just want to keep improving on and uh Hopefully, get more and more each game. So, your comfort zone this year. What's your attitude about this team and about how you're playing? Yeah, I, I'm jazzed about this team. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited about where we are and uh, where we're headed. And I know there's a lot in us. And obviously, I think there's a lot more in us. We had a good game on Saturday, but I mean, we there's always things we can improve upon and uh, get better week by week. So I'm just excited to see that week-to-week improvement. So. The uh, overall performance, did you feel like it was a little mixed in that first and second down? You guys were really good on it. Third down, not so good. You know, obviously there was uh, some third downs that uh wish we could have uh, stopped, but uh, like I said, it's just taking the coaching points from that game, building upon it, and then, uh, you know, just trying to get better week by week and improving upon, yeah, third down game and, and other areas. So, did, did it feel like there was anything in particular that was causing problems on third down? Was it quarterbacks being able to move around a lot? You know, I don't know if it's one thing in particular. Uh, definitely he was an elusive quarterback, but um, just, you know, maybe, uh, I don't I don't know if there's one thing in particular I could say. Just there's a lot of different things in different areas of, of our game that we can improve upon to help uh, make those third down situations better for us. So. Yeah. What did you see uh, from the defense as a whole that allowed your group to uh, get as much pressure, you know, in the backfield and on the quarterback? Um, again, I think it, it has to do with some of the play calling we had. I think it has to do with just guys doing their job and putting that.
themselves in position and allowing other people, because they're doing their job, to be put in position to make plays. And so that was really cool to see this Saturday. I know that's, that's kind of a, a big Yeah, that's just annoying. It's all get up. Well, the 12.45 was rolling through at the right time. He made the trains run on time. I, I'm wondering if the, the train conductor, I suppose they're going through where students are moving around, but did he have to pull yes. the chain if he's looking out the window seeing media trying to interview someone? Oh, yes. I don't think, in fact, I, wa- I want... I want the uh, conductor or whatever, whatever they call him, to to ring that horn no matter what. I don't want him to stop for Nick Dashiell and T.J. <laughs> Matthewson and the rest of us. Because we need the audio to be clean. I remember when during the 05 regional, one of my favorite sounds that we had trains going through and they were honking their horns inordinately yeah and that's off in the distance to support the beavers like hey go yes and that's perfectly fine because it's far enough away (laughs) that honestly it tells a great story yes it does in fact it puts a cherry on top of the americana that is baseball and college baseball the night the crack of the bat Mm -hmm. the crowd and oh there's a train off right. in the distance to right field going yes. by. You can't get any Beautiful better than that. sound. And it, it, I like the sound when it goes through T-Mobile in the day and the yeah. Mariner broadcast. Yeah. Speaking of Americana and baseball, the Matt Vasgersian story as we go to break. If you have any thoughts you'd like to contribute, we have open phones at 497-5356, texts at 497 Hearing Matt Vasgersian's little-known legends of sports tells me, in a sense, about the decline of baseball. Vasgersian, Matt Vasgersian's little-known legend was about the NFL player from UCLA that broke the color barrier in the National Football League. Oh. A, a man named Kenny Washington. Yeah. I don't know what number Kenny Washington wore. And I don't know if I've heard much about that story through the years when he played in the NFL for the L.A. Rams in 1946. Because it's a little known, it's a little known legend of sports because the NFL, a fledgling operation, so it mm-hmm. seems, is still trying to break its way through into sort of the mainstream of sport. That alone. That alone tells you how far. I mean, baseball with Jackie in 42 is celebrated every year and constantly. And we all know Jackie in 42. Why is there not a number for Kenny Washington and a story about that? Because apparently it wasn't, quote, that big of a deal when he did it in 46. Whereas baseball is king the following year in 47. Mm. It's every, I mean, it's the biggest story and one of the great stories in 20th century sports history, Jackie Robinson making his debut. You and I have read about that. We've all read about it and known about it. Yeah. It's almost cradle lore. And we, I learned about it when I was seven years old and have read about it constantly since. Kenny Washington? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I would have asked you, who was the first black player in the National Football League? Would you have had that answer before the Vasgurgian no story today? No, the only way Why I would have known is, is the Syracuse runner. Wasn't he the first African-American running back? No. Not I don't Jim think Brown, so. but the guy before him. There's a movie made out of it. Yeah, but uh, he came after Jim Brown. 
I believe. Oh, he did? Okay, yes. okay. Never mind. He must have been just legend more at Syracuse. Yeah. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with, if you have any thoughts on that, has there ever been a film? There may be, and somebody might want to work on one up. On Kenny Washington? The Kenny Washington story, but I've never heard. I don't know if there's a 30 for 30, a documentary about it, with the NFL having become the behemoth that it is. No, that speaks to how world. great baseball was. How great baseball was, but I'm just saying that that story, I know that you can't necessarily go back and create the same energy and focus on stories that happened in the league in its, in its uh, growing, fledgling days. Mm-hmm. You can't and make the Kenny Washington story as big as the Jackie Robinson on the national scale, but somebody could tell a tale well and talk and show that, and it might have an audience in this modern era because of how big the NFL is now. Oh, and this is, this is what happened in 1946 when the league was struggling to find a foothold. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of anything done about him. No. Now, maybe there's books and movies, and we just haven't seen them, documentaries, but I've not seen one about Kenny Washington. Anybody out there know? Let's take a break. We'll come back with a little bit on TJ and a look from the other end of the spectrum, perhaps, in the days ahead. 1240 Joe Radio. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza pizza for all on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVB Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool 4-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. 
From easy reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Completely different now as we welcome you back here to the Joe Beaver Show. On my um, theory, my musings, my, my, my talk about back in the day, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even a little bit in the 70s, not so much it was starting to turn. The difference in college football to today, infrastructures. Now, everybody is making new new buildings, new everything. I, I think uh, Trent uh, Cowan said there's a new arena opening at, at um, Idaho for basketball. So everything is getting better, even with the smaller schools and the bigger schools. I think the Power Fives... Oregon State's, Washington State's, I think everybody's caught up. They all have their indoor practice facility. They all have the new side of a stadium. Oregon State's going to have its new side. So in three three years, it'll be just fantastic. But but all of the, the facilities, George Klievkoff was just uh, well, and, amazed and at and what he stop. saw here at Oregon State. I'm going to interrupt you on that because I've been meaning to get back to I have not read the story. Have you? Or are no. you just basing that on a headline? Well, Klievkoff yes. Klievkoff blown away by facilities. Right? That's yes. essentially what the headline was. Yes. You saw the headline. I saw the headline. I didn't read the article. Did you? <laughs> no. Okay, you didn't either. No, but nobody did. It's did okay anybody to, read it? So what is it it's that he a said quote. that was so great about it? I'd like to know. I would too. So if anybody can well, link us the article, what because I've lost it in the fire hose of information that flows through every day. Yeah. That's gone. I'll go back and look for it, but I'd like to know if you read what did George say about Blown away, I think was the phrase, blown away or, or thoroughly impressed well, or something to that effect by Oregon State's facilities. And that's good to come in. The, the, the only question I would have, because yeah. he's going to say great things. It's, it's you know, a guest staying over at your house. Going to say good things. Doesn't always happen. I'll tell you about this during yeah. the break. But I'm curious to know if he said, well, he wouldn't say this either. Why is it better than, let's say, something you saw down the road or, or at Washington State or Arizona? Mm -hmm. well, is, is it better than that? Or I, is he just saying you're pretty to every girl that comes along? I, I think most of the facilities in our league are pretty good. Sure, because there they was a race. Be, they have to be. There was a race, and Oregon State started, well, it didn't start it, but Oregon State got on with the 2005 expansion of Reeser. And like you said yesterday, or today, it was Dennis Erickson. Mm -hmm. It was that 2000 team. It would not have happened. Right. Truax was one of the very first. The softball team played in what was like a park setting in the corner of where Truax is mm -hmm. sitting right now. Right. Now they've got a beautiful um, uh, softball complex, the whole nine yards. So 
all of the schools have pretty much caught up. Here's one uh, one texter to the University Honda text line. The scholarship limitation gave smaller schools a boost for a bit. Now, that first sentence, I have to say, I thought it was the opposite. I thought that when Nebraska had 120 scholarship players on their sideline, it kept all those players away from the smaller schools. Anyway, the writer goes on to say the bigs started flexing infrastructure muscle uh, money and order was restored. Add in larger conferences made for fewer non-conference games and polls obviously gravitate to the usual suspect, which TV liked as college football games became ratings bonanza, A ratings bonanza. TV is the key word there. Back in the day, there wasn't any TV. It was a huge deal if this thing called Prime Sports Northwest picked up a beaver or even a duck game way back in mm-hmm. the 80s. That was mm-hmm. a huge deal. And um, and so once there, there became everything was televised and more money was coming in, I think that changed a lot. But again, I'm talking everything up until about the late 60s, very early 70s, when mm-hmm. you had small ag schools that all were on even footing, Idaho, Washington State, Oregon State. Now it's, it's not even close. As far as size of school, money that's coming in, infrastructure, stadiums, mm-hmm. all of that. It's not. Oregon State would go to Idaho, but they would never go now. No, and, and and that ended in the late 50s. I mean, Idaho, as a member of the conference, when the PCC folded, that was the end of Idaho within the what became the AAWU and then the Pac-8 footprint. Idaho was no more. But for decades, the 20s, 30s, 40s, and into the late 50s, Idaho was, generally speaking— I don't know if they played the full schedule. I've, I've not studied that enough to know, but they were full members of the Pacific Coast Conference with all the other schools that made up the PCC before it folded after the 57 season, which turned out to be Jerry Kramer's final year, too, at Idaho in 57. But I think what you're getting at, too, back then in the 60s and 70s, I mean, not so much the 70s, but 50s and 60s, 50s and Oregon 60s. State and Washington, even with the great disparity yeah. in enrollment and market size and all of that, the Beavers had a very enviable record head-to-head against the metropolis of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim Owens and the Huskies did do some good things, and they went to they went to their share of Rose Bowls, but so did, I mean, Tommy right, went. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was... There was more done. It was, it and there seemed, seemed like to be less even. of the arms race. I yeah. agree with you on that, and yeah. I think the texture is very astute. When and he went, he or she went unnamed on that yeah. text. But thank you for making it. So, what did the haves and the big moneyed schools do when they no longer could just stockpile talent and scholarship reductions? Well, then okay, we're going to show our advantages. We, I, we at Nebraska, we at USC, we at the Powers can't have 120 people on our sidelines all on scholarship anymore and blocking Joe Jones from going to right. our rival in conference. Right. Things were equalized somewhat with 85 scholarships. That, I think that had a huge thing it to do with it, but that was more in the modern era. But then they start pouring money into, okay, well, where, where can we still have advantages? And the mm, texture right. is suggesting that the haves – with 
the a lot of extra money no longer going to all those ex, to fund all those extra scholarships right. went into we're going to have bigger and better stuff than you will. Yeah, because 30 years ago, I remember talking with friends and we would say, well, I, I understand that Nebraska has the biggest weight room in the country. Right. And that was a big deal. Well, yep. that leveled off very quickly when uh, other schools did it and, and uh, that leveled off. I just thought of something, though, while talking about this. You ever answer your own question when when you're thinking about it or talking about it? Perhaps uh, back in that those days, less communication, less no TV at all. Let's say in the radio days of the '40s and '50s. I mean, yes, some, but not you know. And you grow up as a farm kid somewhere in Nebraska. You're going to go to Nebraska. You a farm kid? Uh, those are the games you hear on the radio in, in Omsville. The games you go to in Turner, and yeah. you go to Oregon State right. if you're Jess Lewis. Because yeah, you you might hear about USC. You might hear about. Um, Maybe Alabama with Bear Bryant, but all these other schools that have great everything and they're mm-hmm. on TV and we see them and you don't know about them. You just don't know about them. You grow up listening and go into the ball game down the road if you can get away from the farm on that right. particular right. day. I'm thinking <laughs> right. of the natural in my head for some reason, that time period that you end up going to that school. That has to be it. And then along comes... TV and transportation and you know, and flights, then social media recruiting. and you know Sports Illustrated and then it's like oh I want to go to that school and then the haves become much bigger haves and the have-nots drop off I think that's the answer okay I think it's exposure to the average person in a small town through media and i don't mean social media that's right. a that's a new thing i mean like sports illustrated sporting news and tv mm-hmm. giving a lot more visual to a farm kid in the middle of nowhere south dakota instead of going to play for south dakota he now wants to go to usc or washington maybe uh, uh, you know that's got to be it cuz i mean you hear stories of Canute Rockney spending time on Oregon State's campus mm-hmm. before his legendary run at Notre Dame, and he could have been doing what he did there here. Yeah. Now, Notre yeah. Dame, there's a handful of schools that were Blue Bloods in name for 100 years, Notre Dame, USC. I'm not sure about Alabama before Bear Bryant. I'm trying to think of any other school, Michigan maybe, as far as mm-hmm. big name, everybody knows right right now, yeah. USC, Notre Dame, maybe Michigan. Now, I know there's some Southeastern Conference schools where they'll try to lay claim, but not like not like those three. Ohio State, perhaps. We'll take a final break, Doc, as we do. As we do. Now, when we come back, we're going to play a little bit of a snippet. Just I like the fact that He took the assignment quickly and produced something for us to have today. It's not something we're going to be able to execute today, but it's a little bit of a teaser of something we want to do on a more regular basis. We will hear that coming out of this final segment, this final break. And it's something we hope to get to in the days ahead. We'll be back to wrap up today's show next on 1240 Joe Radio. 
Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany on Online at davesperformancehybrids.com. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. Do you have a rock chip in your windshield that's bugging you? Stop by or give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. Showers or baths? Which do you prefer? Hi, this is Katie with Albin's Plumbing. You deserve a bathroom that fits you whether that be a walk-in shower or a luxurious soaker tub. Let Albin's Plumbing handle your bathroom remodel from beginning to end. Then all you have to do is turn on the water and relax. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. The new Coastal in Corvallis is open, and it's packed with everything the country needs. That includes a great selection of workwear, boots, and western fashions with one of the largest Carhartt departments in the Northwest. Shop quality feed from Neutrina and Purina, premium pet foods and pet accessories, and name brand power tools from Steel, Honda, DeWalt, and more. Your new Coastal has a complete sporting goods department, including fishing and camping supplies. Stop by, say hi, and see the new store for yourself. More at coastalcountry.com. Our last few minutes today on the Joe Beaver Show. Rich Burke, part of the broadcast team, will join us tomorrow. We've got a couple of other things out there that we're hoping to to land. I, again, I don't think. I mean, at least in the old man in the sea, he did. He hooked the great fish. But, you know, things happen on the way back in. We haven't even, you know, it would be like getting Jerry Kramer on the line and then he disappears. We lose him. 
we haven't even gotten them on the line. We're going to keep trying, Dave and Tumwater and, and anyone else who has a, a sense of Kramer's place in the National Football League. Jerry Kramer is even a little bit older than yours truly and John Warren. He's about 85 years old now. And we're hoping to get him at some point. And we're going to continue the effort, even though I think we're going to fall short of it this week. On the other end, I think, did TJ tell us yesterday that he's 25? No, no, 24. 24 years old. 24 and a half. Okay. So a couple of years out of college. Ought to be young again. One of the, the best Chris Bermanism might have been, ought to be young again, McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> I liked I, Eric sleeping with the enemy. That's true. The next head coach at USC. <laughs> that was a great one. By the way, Nigel, we hope, will join us. He said, yeah, we'll try to make that work. So we'll talk to him next week about the Beavers' next opponent, which is USC, and it could be Eric sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> a lot of noise about him now, but yeah, a lot of yeah. other suspects on that list, the usual ones being rounded up, and other intriguing names. Luke Fickle, P.J. Fleck getting a lot of run. PJ, because of the row-the-boat personality and all of that, I, yeah. I'm i still not completely convinced on him. As much as he's an interesting figure, I, I get They it. love him there. I know. Doug's uh, brother-in-law's from Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I'm still I, I, I'm not completely sold on him. I don't I, know how people I, in Minnesota feel. I kind of agree feel. with you. Yeah, but There's you, something about it that has a, tin, a tincture of Elmer Gantryism to it to me, but that's a whole nother Lancaster-esque reference, which is what T.J. is going to take on now as we listen to young T.J. Matthewson with the intro of a possible new feature on the Joe Beaver Show. A few times in their 19 years on the... Okay, let me, let me re-cue oh, that. There, okay. There we go. John and Mike have been around the block a few times in their 19 years on the Joe Beaver Show, but sometimes, whether it be with their opinions or asking either of them what the newest trends in pop culture are, they could use some youthful assistance. Lucky for them, help is here. TJ Matthewson with a fresh look. Now, if we put that that line you a said... A fresh look. In Cat Stevens' Cat Stevens' song. a beautiful, poignant tune. It's my fa- it may be my favorite Cat Stevens. I like Cat Stevens. I Morning do too. is Broken from oh, St. Yeah. Francis. Great song. Of Assisi. Uh... Wild World, Oh Very Young. Wild World is a great song. It is. But Um, his best in my is either Where Do the Children Play or what we hope to pull a line from to kind of come underneath that. You are young. You are young. That's your fault. That's your fault. Father and son. I know that line. That's a great line. It's a great song. Now, here's a funny thing. So... PJ told me, hey, look this up, look in the folder, okay, fine, and I played it. Then when I closed everything, and the last thing that he had up on the internet from his work here yesterday, I had to chuckle. Have you heard of tankathon.com? <laughs> no. It's a website that is, it, it's, it's to break down the Major League Baseball playoff race and other sports and remaining strength of schedules and all of this i never heard about it but this would be a young guy 
doing something you and I didn't know about. This website that helps you figure all of it out. It shows you mm-hmm. who's playing who and all of this. I'm going to use it now. Tankathon.com. It's a great sports website that I never heard of before. So when TJ is available to us, and I think that'll be earlier because he's often at practice in the second hour, getting to see the, the guys at work. But we hope to have a fresh look, a perspective from the younger version of things and turn them loose to riff on whatever it is he is observing in the world of sports yeah. as a 24 and a half year old. I will say this. In closing, in, 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 is the music playing now yeah. on the fan? 30 seconds. I'm not sure how much different ultimately everything can be. Certainly different perspectives and looks, but being a sports fan, I remember when I was 11 or 12 and becoming a, a really in-depth, intense sports fan, it conferred upon you an, a place to talk at the table with your dad and your uncle and others because you had sports knowledge yeah. that was as good as theirs. We'll, so we'll talk more about that. Here's the microphone. Is this is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio.